This time on Kawhi Fi Radio, Kira Lee goes dark mode. It has fairy slavery in it. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is not the opening line I was expecting. Well, that's how it all starts. We have an accidental nerd off. The non-nerd. <laughs> She's wearing a Ghostbusters shirt. What Slice are you nerd. <laughs> and we talk about an underappreciated Ghibli classic. And then a number of characters made into other stories of popular culture and the protagonist of the film Whisper of the Heart is the inspiration for Lo-Fi Girl. Oh, like that channel. That is, oh. that is a scene from Whisper Whoa. of the Heart. Yeah, yeah. It's over 9,000! Nani? Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi Radio. Kawaii-fi Radio. Kawaii 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 Feels like uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm not dead anymore. Hey. <laughs> Congratulations. Get yeah. well soon. It's uh, to get well soon. It's like you were dead. I got better. Um, <laughs> this episode, we were going to talk card captors, but we're taking a slight detour on that because the whole team wants to talk about it. And we're the only three who are available this weekend due to various factors. So we're mm-hmm. going to push that back a little bit. Um, so maybe next episode, maybe the episode after, we'll just see how we're going time-wise. I have only watched the one episode of it. Well, now you've got two weeks to watch all 50. <laughs> if yeah, you do so choose. Lot. There's a lot. She yeah. fights a kaiju in the first episode. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, we're going to go and look at an anime film. And it's one that all of us hold quite dear, but is kind of an underrated gem. And this is... Crackle, Snapple, and Pop. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it is, in fact, neither of those or none of those. Yeah, no. Um, I just could just hear crackling in my headphones. Um, this episode, we are talking about the Studio Ghibli film The Cat Returns. Yay. Now, this is not a Miyazaki film. It is uh, actually from one of the other wonderful minds at Studio Ghibli. Um, and uh, it's... It's fantastic. It's very family friendly. I love it. And the English dub is actually phenomenal because it it's is. during the period when they were doing really good stuff. Yeah, uh, Disney handled a lot of the dubbing for most of Ghibli's films and mm. they just seem to throw money at that. They got all of the big names. Mm-hmm. Like Anne Hathaway. Like, what? <laughs> Carrie Ellis. What? <laughs> so, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Oh, Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. So look, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. We'll get into this in a moment. Um, and, uh, but before we do talk about The Cat Returns, we're going to talk about what we've actually been watching over the past month, actually, because it's, it's, it's been a hot minute. I have no idea how old I am or where I came from. Daddy, hi up. Head time. I gotta go. I just, I have to go. What we're watching. So it's it's been a hot minute. It's been actually more than a hot minute, if if I'm honest. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been like most of this season that I've been sick. So we haven't actually had a chance to really talk about everything that's airing this season, aside from that brief chat. Uh, mm. Five weeks ago. Um, okay, so, how many hot minutes in a month? <laughs> don't say that. It'll trigger people's home devices. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kenny, we are going to start with you. You've been watching Helk. I have. It's uh, new this season, and it is a delight. He's 
he's like a very very upbeat cheerful conan the barbarian slash hercules yes yes <laughs> and um uh, frankly i i am adoring it just all the characters themselves are crazy like i figured the main character helk himself would be like the center of all the comedic drama uh Mm-mm. kind of no he's almost a straight man Okay. Oh. It's that everyone else's reaction to a human fighting to become the demon king is hilarious. They're just like, this has got to be a trap or something. Yeah. Throw a weird obstacle in his path. Make but, him not become the king. But of aren't path. all the like crowd behind him as well? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, hang on. He's a massive crowd f- favorite because he's such a glorious fighter and such a stand-up dude as well. Yeah. Now we we did talk about this in the the preview for the season all those moons ago, and it's. It's pretty straightforward. It's like, while humanity celebrates the defeat of a demon king by the hands of a lone hero, the denizens of the demon world prepare for the contest of a lifetime, a tournament to decide who will become the next demon king. So yeah, you defeat the demon king only to be replaced by the new boss. Mm. So three months later, the tournament's been proceeding smoothly, other than the fact that the favourite to come out on top is the human hero, Helk. <laughs> See, uh, there is a, um, a stipulation. There's a reason they can't just do away with the human. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the contest has signed something called the green contract. Mm. It means that nothing can be done to harm them by anyone outside of the tournament and they the people involved in the tournament can't harm anyone outside of the tournament either Mm -hmm. so they are functionally invincible yeah which is a wild (laughs) concept but it's actually kind of cool it's a fun little stipulation but it means that uh the people who want to do away with him for his uh, humanity have to be creative with their plans mm. in dumb ways. In the first episode, they decide to change out the uh, combat tournament with making a house of cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> That's an <laughs> odd choice. Yeah. And the thing is, the crowd get behind it because they decide it has a deeper meaning. Yeah. Just, oh, yes. And the person who's running this competition is sort of like the uh, major Odomo of the demons is this adorable anime girl who's just like, no, it's not that deep. Stop. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, you've got to be able to look after a house and structure it and, you know, be able to take your time when you need to. And uh, this really sets the sights for that. And everyone else is just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> and then it turns into like combat, like whoever complete their house of cards first. Whilst fighting ev- others. Whilst destroying everyone else's house of cards. Yeah, is, is the winner. It's just. And that's that's oh. basically the first episode. It is silly and I love wow. it. Yeah, it is quite entertaining. And the hijinks just ensue throughout the whole season so far, um, which is, you know, always good. Um, Kira Lee, uh, well, firstly, Helk is on Crunchyroll off the top of my head. But. Um, you are watching Kiralee, uh Second season. S- sorry, High Dive from Helk. You're watching second season of Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I, never, I, never, I, never, I thought I was wrong. It, do, it does sound like a bit of a, that like does a just wrong sound title. Like a bunch of cute words. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is also on Crunchyroll. Um, season one was earlier in this year, and yes. it's. Um, well, I'll let you describe it. Uh, yeah, so. Um, it has fairy slavery in it. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is not the opening line I was expecting. Well, that's how it all starts. Like the the first season, it opens with fairy slavery, pretty much. What the hell? So, fairy so, slavery. They they pluck uh, a singular wing of a fairy, and then they hold the wing, which then makes them 
they their slave. mutilate the fairy and then bring the... What is this show about? <laughs> so, slavery. Yeah, slavery of fairies. Wow. Um, so there's like different types of fairies. So there's um, the... Um, like the guard fairies who mm. can combat and fight and things yep. like that. Fairy and then there's, parents, yes. yeah. Yep. And then there's companion fairies and then there's like worker fairies. Worker fairies are small and then the rest are like mm. human sized. And so um, it follows this girl who wants to become the uh, sugar, uh, oh, what's the word? Sugar honey like, whiskey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sugar, honey, ice, cheese. All right. Um, so she wants to be uh, known for making her sugar confections oh. and her oh. designs of them and everything. And so she goes and competes in competitions so with the Viscount of Sugar. So and this is about like uh, making making treats. This is a patisserie yeah. like anime yeah. that starts with slavery. Yeah. And mutilation. Yeah. yeah, throughout, yeah, yeah. Um, because wow. she she needs to go to um, the castle to put her um, her entry in the competition, mm. and so she buys the fairy to look after her to go over there. That's that's all in the first season. Does everyone in this competition have a fairy assistant? Yeah, is it a common thing? So so she befriends a fairy assistant. Uh, a smaller fairy assistant. She doesn't hold its wing, but she holds the wing of the fighter fairy to protect her on her journey to go over there uh, and then gives the wing back and then they become friends. Oh, so okay. nobody has slaveries. Well, she doesn't have slaves. Other people do. Oh, but she's like know. friends with the fairies that are around her and oh, like okay, treat yeah. them as equals. So it's like very sweet. But she's like in love with the fairy warrior and it's like, oh. Yeah. There's a bit of a size Good. difference there, but sure. No, no, no. no because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the fairies can actually be human-sized. Yeah. So. Which is, you don't see that often. I don't think I've actually seen that since no. Shakespeare. So fairies mm. are made from the longing looks of humans at objects, and then the objects then can make kind of like the 100-year, like, yokai Thing like you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like she ma- she even like they they show her making a fairy. I think she's looking at a flower and then it like glows and then the fairy pops out of it and she's like, "Oh, you've created me. Oh, thank you." So if I and she, wow. And then the warrior fairy is like, "Yeah, you know, take good care of your wings now. You know, <laughs> don't don't go near people. People are mean." And then she like flies away, and she's like, "Thank you." Oh, so if I really, really wanted a can of Pepsi. <laughs> Could you get a Pepsi fairy? Well, well, I mean, I suppose you probably could. So the warrior fairy fairy was made from. Uh, a precious gem. I can't remember mm. which gem he was from, but the like warrior fairies are all from pretty much like precious. This gems. is land of lustrous all over again. <laughs> but they can die as well. Ah. So one of them was done by this lord who was looking at the ocean, and then the ocean made the fairy. Why and don't you so- answer me, Ocean? Okay, you have a fairy, goddammit. <laughs> the Ocean has answered it. But because the, the, I suppose the mentality of like, oh, the Ocean is very, you know, it changes and moves, mm. and so that fairy died. Oh. Yeah. Trippy. Okay, yeah. That's, that's pretty sad. Yeah, <laughs> and because the, like, the Count who 
created that fairy loved that fairy as well and it died and he kept mm. kind of looking for oh, wait, wait, like so... the fairy or trying to make the same fairy but you can't make the same yeah. fairy again and so he hires her to make a sugar sculpture of that fairy in hopes that he could look at it to then create the the, the exact same fairy. Yeah, it's wow. like this whole thing. So and it's if great. something happens to change the object of desire, that will affect the fairy. So Well, I don't know. So if I wanted it, that can just... of Pepsi and then drink that can of Pepsi, does that kill the fairy Pepsi? Pepsi fairy. Well, maybe. Yeah, but, I guess but, so. But the Pepsi is still there. It's but I do not, not desire the can. I desire the liquid inside. Yeah, but you're you're looking at the can. Ah, right. So, so you're saying everyone has laser eyes in this? Right? Yeah, I don't Wait, know. What? I don't know. <laughs> this is all my. It's like the opposite of Medusa. You look at something and it pr- turns it to life from stone. Yeah, Weird. pretty much. Yeah, I dig it, but at the same time, fairy slavery. Yeah, <laughs> cool. But uh, like, enjoying it? Yeah, yeah. The, the second season is kind of like her joining um like the group who make uh sugar convections like the people who teach them oh. there's like different there's like three different houses and <laughs> 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 who, who teach people how to do sugar convection is this Puff connected with mashal half a puff slytherin and slavery yeah kind of, yeah no no that's slytherin as well it's slavery slavery it's slavery <laughs> but there, there's no women sugar makers Ah, Um, because there's like a religious thing about it and um so she's trying to like break through and change the norms this sounds Um, like a lot of deep lore and heartbreak for something about fairies making cakes like i'm (laughs) saying this and it sounds really deep but you watch it and it's not Uh, (laughs) it's really good all right well season one and two can be found on crunchyroll it does have a dub as well um the dub is good fascination by this (laughs) yeah i made it sound better like more complex than what it actually is it's actually just cake and fairies oh okay cool cool um so uh, cake fairy and conspiracies yeah now you're also watching my happy marriage which uh, emma is also watching and is obsessed with it's so good um i wish it all came out at once though because i'm like finished one episode and it feels like not like every episode episode feels like a cliffhanger yeah 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 um so this is uh uh a historical fantasy romance where a girl who is well the daughter of this guy he gets remarried and then the new wife and the new daughter are horrible and um basically they treat her horrible and then they try to marry her off to this guy who's meant to be really horrible two people but it turns out he's actually really nice he just doesn't like gold diggers <laughs> and then you know bad things ensue as the horrible stepmom and stepsister try to ruin her life by like you know everything else but then they got their house burnt down so yeah, <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> it was so satisfying yeah it sounds like classic storybook stuff i'm interested oh it's really good it's yeah. from a light novel but um it's it's not sty- stylistically this is not very light novely this is very like traditional romance like thick novel book like, that I, sounds I, so I weird to say. And like, I don't know if there's like a marker for her to unlock her powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do wonder that. Because so like, are, are you watching it as well? Or yeah, are you yeah. just kind of like watching it from afar? I, I'm a couple of episodes behind. So um, oh, okay. people in this world do have like the fantastical powers that you would expect of like, you know, like, oh, like the, the guy's basically like Roy Mustang. Like he can use fire. Weird. Like that sort of thing. But it's not 
it's not the core focus of the series. Hmm. So this this is a somewhat magical setting, and she's born without a talent. Um, yeah, but her mother's line apparently had some really powerful thing. And so it's now become like, you know, we want to get rid of her. And it's like, oh, actually, we've discovered she might be useful. Maybe we should, you know, like pull her back in and utilize her for a political marriage. So and, in the yeah. the, um, the recent episode, mm-hmm. you find out exactly what her, her mother's lineage power is as well, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense to the, Sorry. like... I guess the problems that she's having mm. currently with her yeah. dreams. Her superpower so, is she can access Japanese grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> We've had that and it was an exceptional anime. How dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just wondering if there's like a, I don't know. I just wish I knew what is going to be the trigger. To set off her power so yeah. she can use them. Yeah, because yeah. it's about to happen yeah um if you aren't watching it watch it it's so good it's a netflix um one well it's netflix isn't behind it they're just you know distributing it and they're doing it weekly which you know we've been saying for one netflix should do but it's also weird at the same time i also wish that it was just all out so i could just watch it well i think the thing is if it was all out it wouldn't be out for another two months yeah and I, i don't think there'd be as much i say hype it's not exactly like I mean, hyped about, but well, it's if you very have a look well at like, the interest list, it's like in the top ten. Oh, so yeah. like, yeah, it's it's kind of surprising. I mean, it depends where you look. If you're looking yeah. over on like um, only on my anime list, then it's going to probably be a bit further down the list because all they care about is action. But, I mean, yeah. this is how things used to be, and I am now in old man mode. Mm-hmm. We didn't used to just get all series available. We had to watch and then yeah. wait. Well, no, and back I, I, in my day, no, no, I prefer that for the simple fact that whenever they do come out, mm-hmm. like what happens with each season of JoJo at the moment when they come out it's a splash in the pan everyone talks about it for two weeks and then yeah. it's done you want something which has exactly. staying power and by having it have a release schedule even if it's digi- even though it's digital I don't I disagree with like still keeping appointment based viewing like we saw for like TV series like I'm not going to go and sit, say 7pm every you know Thursday I'm going to sit yeah. there and watch something I've got more important things to do Yeah, I want to watch it when I have free time and that I think is fine but and that works with the, you know the format we've got now I just don't think it. If if you've got the Netflix and it's the entire thing's there, you look at like, um, you know, things get massive like you know, Squid Game, and then they just kind of drop off the radar. And yeah. it's like you know, if you want to be part of the cultural zeitgeist, you need to stay around for an extended period. It can't just be splashing the pan. Mm-hmm. Like, and various different platforms try their own way of doing that. I mean, Disney's yeah. one is to just sort of print out as many series as possible. Well, despite quality, I mean, uh, I don't know. They've they've Disney there's, Plus. There's nothing much. That they've put out. Well, I mean, f- as far as Disney goes, Disney puts out pretty much exclusively their Marvel and Star Wars content now. That's the main things we see that are in-house <laughs> yeah. produced at yeah. Disney. And look, because that's, they've lost that, the creativity for animation. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, don't worry about that side of it. But the the, the important thing I think is that because Disney is now looking to move into the anime game, and we've seen that with the Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. But they're doing it. I hate to say this about the mouse, but I think they're doing this the right way. They haven't went out and went, we're going to grab everything and throw as much on the platform as possible, which was what um, Amazon tried to do when they had their ill-fated anime Amazon thing, which I refuse to remember the name of. Um, (laughs) They just basically grabbed as much as possible, threw it on there, and then just left it alone, and everyone got really frustrated. Yeah. Um, And, like, because that's why it took so long for a dub of... um, 
a Vinland saga to come out right. because they bought the rights up for it and then just forgot about it and they, they didn't pay attention. Whereas yeah. what yeah. We've, we've seen with Disney is they're doing the right approach. They're not influencing the production of the animes. They're not changing how they're produced, but they're, they're being selective about the ones they've brought in. And the anime that you can get on Disney Plus is exceptional quality. Mm. There's only a little bit of it, but it's exceptional quality. Yeah. And you know what? Credit to them in that regard. I'm not going to give them credit for anything else. Um, especially not the way they run their business, but mm-hmm. fair enough. You know, like at least whoever's managing their anime department is doing it right, and that yeah. you know that's we like to see that. We don't want to see what happened with Amazon, where it's detrimental to the actual industry. Offhandedly, I did hear a fascinating rumor that Apple might be trying to buy Disney. Apple buy? No, Apple Apple TV already like their in-house shows are exceptional, mm-hmm. and I would not like. I'm not an Apple fanboy. Don't have any Apple devices aside from the iPad we use for this. Um, and previously worked for them as well. So I'm very well aware of their cultural structure and <laughs> no. Um, however, Apple TV, the quality of the productions they've created is exceptional. They haven't done what like Netflix or Amazon done where they've just pumped out whatever. They've actually been thoughtful about it and hired proper studios and done it properly. So Indeed, which is why I sort of regarded that little rumor with scrutiny, but also... I don't think Apple has enough money. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. And considering Disney just bought flipping Fox, like that's that's too big of a media empire to purchase. I wonder. No, I don't. I I, I think the, uh, if you have a look at the way Apple's done everything so far, it's they never buy to bring in to consolidate. They they see what someone else has done and copy and create their own version that you know fits into their ecosystem and that's the way they're going to keep doing it i don't see that changing anyway let's go back to actual anime um because there's no anime on uh, apple plus to my knowledge so apple tv no not not that i know of or if it is it's probably not you know a map it's probably not the only place you can view certain series yeah so um zom 100 this was my pick for the season. I'm hyped about it, and it is good. It is very. It's good. so good. It's just as good as the manga. I and... was hearing only good things about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, it's exactly what you expect. It's exceptional, um, and I love it. Um, it has the most recent episode has been delayed by a week. Um, I think that should be coming out this week. Coming so like the day after this episode comes out, um, but it's. It's great. So imagine it's a zombie apocalypse, but it's fun. Um, you know, the the guy, the main character, Akira, he is spent. He's been working for a black company um, since graduating. He was so excited. And the ripe age of 24, he's pretty much done. Like he's, he's, he's dead inside. He doesn't want to go to work. He comes home and then goes immediately back to work. He doesn't have time off. He's, yeah... It's 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 not good, um, and he's everything's just bad in his life. And then the zombie apocalypse happens. That means he doesn't have to go to work anymore, <laughs> which is the best thing ever. Just and the delay as well. Yeah, and yeah. being like, oh, I don't have to go to yeah. work now. The, this we've we've already mentioned this before, but I want to mention that it has a live action film as well. Um, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen clips of it, mostly involving the zombie shark. It's yes. Brilliant. Now the zombie shark was the most recent episode, and I haven't seen the clips for the live action version of it, but I am excited for Just it. Just as good. Yeah. It's, oh. Like we were talking about this earlier. It's that is now three different uh, Japanese shows and mangas, which have carnivorous. On land fish. Yeah. 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 It's that, that old adage. It's strange that it's happened more than once. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the thing I do like about this 
is like we're so used to seeing zombie apocalypses and it's you know it's dark and it's gritty and there is blood everywhere and instead of just doing blood they've just given everything different colors so it's it's like someone has it's a Jackson Pollock painting. It is colour splatter everywhere. It's, it is not just yeah. one colour. It's every colour of the it's rainbow. It's like a paintball game. It's, yeah. It's like a Splatoon. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It's zombie Splatoon. Um, and the the thing that is great about it is we're so used to seeing zombie apocalypse and it's like, oh, well, it's just about surviving. In this case, it's like, well, I'm probably going to turn into a zombie, so here is the hundred the list of 100 things I want to do. And he's like, well, I've only yeah. got 17, so I'll keep adding to the list. Um, and, you know, more and more people join the group as the story goes on, and it's... It's just about mm. them going around doing the things they want to do because <laughs> I love the way that the official website's described it. Now with his nightmare job no longer, Akira's got his mojo back. Let the bucket list begin. <laughs> it's like, yes, it's a bucket. Dear God. Um, so this is something I want to note as well. A brand new studio has done this. They're oh, called okay. Studio Bug. I've never heard of them before, so which have, is bug films. Have they ever worked for anyone else as sort of like a supplemental? I think they've been a support studio, but from the look of it and when you see like the list of all the supporting studios mm-hmm. in it, it's long. So I think this is a new studio which has been established from former staff members of other studios who still have industry connections. Wow. Oh. That's my theory. I haven't done a deep dive on them yet, but you know, if they're getting stuff from Viz Media, like and being offered to them, then, yeah. I mean, they were only established in 2021, September. the quality of what we've seen, we can only expect good things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I I would like to highly contrast this with um, Studio Gohans, who have been doing it for 10 years and still can't get CG right because they're dumb. Um, (laughs) Like, stop trying. Like, Like, when when Studio Gohans, like, this season we've got two series from the... What is it? The Masterful Cat is Depressed and the girl I like forgot her glasses. Whenever they're not doing CG, it actually looks quite good. Mm. Yeah. It's, Whenever uh, they do CG, it ruins it. The Masterful <laughs> Cat actually does look good, mm-hmm. which I it feels like a jarring experience considering it's from Studio Gohans. I don't want to be too cruel to them because, you know, they're people just trying to create a thing, but... Well, no, that, that, no, they deserve the criticism because they've been repeatedly shown, they've repeatedly been given the criticism that their CG is bad and do not do CG until you figure it out. <laughs> and they've just passed it the same thing on. It's Kira, like, have you uh, seen much of Studio Gohan's stuff? Yeah. It's just bad. Like, And it's really disappointing as well because... I was really excited for the girl I like forgot her glasses. Like, It's a manga that I've had on my to-read list for quite a while. And it's just jarring it's oh i i haven't gone back to fin- keep watching it it's just like eh. but yeah uh, also reborn as a vending machine that's a good one this season too. oh yes <laughs> it's so good yeah. um but we need to that catch before. up with that uh what do you guys reckon so far oh, oh it's good oh it's amazing it's just easy watching yeah it's funny yeah it's really funny. it is <laughs> yeah so can he talk he has preset phrases um which is you know like thank you for shopping and yada 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 and as he um levels up he finds ways to like use parts of them and stuff so he he levels up by by selling drinks yeah so people so he has a he has a power bill basically so he has to have enough credits to keep himself alive and he can use those credits also to purchase inside himself different abilities um and so on or and increases, new foods new foods increases new durability drinks. new forms so like if he wants to turn himself into like a vending machine for just candy for instance he can do that if he purchases it or he can improve his durability by purchasing it um, like little things like that and whenever people buy stuff from him the money that he gets from him is goes converted into points 
this God, this mm. it's great. It's okay. Like as long as you approach it knowing that this is meant to be a Mickey take, and it is, like it hundred percent is. Um, it's so good. Like, <laughs> and then the the girl who's just like bad at like hitting things, and then like straps the him. vending machine on, and then she's like, oh, oh, now I can hit people. <laughs> because she's got a counterweight to offset her ridiculous strength. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Like, have you ever wanted to see someone defeat a giant fire dragon slash toad with Mentos and Coke? Because now you can. I mean, we did t- when we did the season preview. We said, "Look, there's there's enough this season to be excited about, but the stuff that has come in this season has just been exceptional. Mm. Like even the stuff we thought that wasn't going to be." that good has actually been better than we were expecting and i'm yeah. like i'm 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 pleasantly surprised it's just i wanted to avoid it cuz it's just like it's an obvious mickey take it looks like the oh, kind yeah. of poster in the background of an anime mm-hmm. oh actually that's another one atelier riser so the um you know the girl with the yellow cloak and all the advertising is about her chunky thighs um <laughs> did you yeah. try and watch that one i've watched five episodes and i can tell you if you've played the game yes just play the game oh, okay. and if you haven't played the game just play the game. All right. It is okay. li- it for the plot. Well, no, I've, I've stopped watching it. So there's 10 episodes. I've only watched five. Um, Atelier Riser, Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout at the Animation is literally, minus the animation, is the name of the first game. It is literally following yeah. the plot and they're using the same elements from the game. So when she's, it's about alchemy. And when she's doing her alchem- alchemical creations, it is the same animation that was used in the game. Really? It's about, yeah. it's about alchemy, alchemy or potion making alchemy. Both. 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 So she makes potions, but she also then uses alchemy to make like really fine silks and stuff like that to sell to the tailor and stuff like that. She's learning how to do alchemy. It's a good game. Yeah. It's a really good game. Um, uh, Well, depending on what you like, but if you you enjoy JRPGs, as a general rule, it's pretty good. Um, And... But the animation just... It just feels like it doesn't add anything to the story. Right. It's, It's meant to... Like, it feels like they're trying to sell the game. And it's okay. like, but you've just told us the whole plot of the game. Like, it, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Done. Anyway, we've talked enough about what, yeah, what we've been watching. Because evidently we've been watching a lot more than we realised. <laughs> so with that, let's get on to our main topic. And that is The Cat Returns. Kawaii Fire Radio. It's a bathhouse for the spirits. Totoro came back, Dad. It's Laputa, a floating island. Miyazaki! I mean, is it Miyazaki? No, it's not. This is actually Hiroyuki Morita, who is one of the other founders of Studio Ghibli. Studio and Ghibli! Yes. Um, well, hang on. Actually, no, he might not actually be one of the founders. He might have been one of their dedicated directors. I need to double check. Wait! Wait? Oh, wow. The cat returned. The cat returned <laughs> from the from outside. Um, he was with Studio Shaft, Polygon Pictures, and he's also been with Nippon Engineering College as a teacher as well. Oh. And the main notable work of him is The Cat Returns. So let's let's talk about The Cat Returns. This is a beautiful Studio it Ghibli is film. So pretty. It was released in two thousand and two. It's as you'd expect, is fantasy animation, directed by Hiroyuki Morita and produced by. Toshio Suzuki and Nozomu Takashi. Now, and a spin-off of a pre-existing Ghibli work. Yes. Now, this is actually based on a manga 
called The Cat Returns, oh. written by Aoi Hiragi. Um, and they've she's done a lot of interesting work. So she did write Whisper of the Heart, the manga, which this is connected with, and she then also wrote this. So this is a spin-off of Whisper of the Heart, which was released 2000 in... No, 1995 it was created um, in the Ghibli film. Uh, manga was 1989. And it was theatrically released in uh, 2002 through Toho. We didn't get it outside of Japan until 2005. Mm-hmm. And that was when Walt Disney did the, uh, their dub of it. And to be honest, it's a damn good dub. Yeah, they got real good cards. I've definitely mm. heard much worse recently. Cardcaptor. <coughs> <laughs> Oi. <laughs> There's a whole thing around the Cardcaptor's dub, and we'll get into that when we do do Cardcaptors, because there's actually two dubs. Oh, yes, I, I actually was going to say, there's only I don't one mind. you can find. There's only one you can find, and it's not the good one. Oh, what? I have DVD. That the might DVD be the... has the good dub. Oh! The Blu-ray does not have the good. No, dub. wait. This I know because the uh, little mascot character sounded different when I first heard that. Yep, show. exactly. In Australia, we got the um, four kids dub, which is the good dub. I, I know. Shocking saying that Four Kids is the good dub. Um, and then they redubbed it um, with a studio in Hong Kong in like the early 2000s. Oh and that goodness. dub is the one no one seems to like. We need to do an episode just talking about crazy ass dubs. Yeah. We need to do an episode just talking about ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, sure. uh, back to The Cat Returns. Released 2002. It is 75 minute runtime. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is actually G-rated. I don't think there's anything in yeah, there. Yeah, I think it is G. <laughs> I don't think there can be anything objectionable in a movie about going to the cat kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's double check. The cat rate. The cat returns rating. Well, it's on a 4.6, and that doesn't really help us. Um, <laughs> PG? Question Cla- mark? Classification. Classification. That's the one we're after. Clear. Rated M for cat slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Why is cats rated PG? <laughs> oh, God. No. Wrong cats. Wrong cats. <laughs> Mild animated violence and mostly distressing themes. Yeah, look. Fair. Um, I actually think cat the cat returns might actually just be G. I don't think yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think there's any... I mean, there's like, not really any violence. There's just, no. I mean, unless we want to talk about security cat throwing the cat into the hedge. <laughs> like, other than that, like... Sorry, we're going way off tangent here. So, anyway... <laughs> 75 minutes run, family friendly. This is one good for the kids. Uh, my nieces watched it the other day and they adored it. They're four and six. Mm-hmm. Four and six? No. Three and six? Small and tall. Small and tall. Um, it cost $20 million to make and it actually made $65 million at the Japanese box office. Um, actually, no, worldwide office. Um, now, this film follows Haru. She's a high school student who has a suppressed ability to talk with cats. And one day she saves a cat from being hit by a truck on a busy road. Unfortunately, no, this isn't an isekai. Sorry. Um, the cat she saved turns out to be the prince of the cat kingdom. And as thanks for this, she's gifted catnip and lacrosse sticks and mice and... Uh, cat tails cat tails in her yard and then she's offered the prince's hand in marriage and they decide that she said yes when she didn't actually commit um yeah she just said yeah, yeah it would be nice to be a cat okay good <laughs> yeah and then she starts turning into a cat yeah mm-hmm. so that's a bit nightmare fuel though. it's a bit nightmare fuel that yeah um so she obviously wants none of this and haru hears a kind female voice telling her to seek out the cat bureau where she meets baron hump Baron Humbert von Gickingen, the same Baron from Whisper of the Heart, and Toto, a stone crow. And Big Cat as well. What's his name? Oh, uh, Tokyo? 
Moro? Moro. Muta. 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 Um, the voice cast for this in English is incredible, but let's let's go back. So, Cat Returns is a spin-off of the movie Whisper of the Heart, and although some characters are crossed over, the stories are separate and not related. However, Studio Ghibli began work on the movie as a 20-minute cat project back in 1999, and this was for a theme park. Huh. But the park cancelled the project, and that 20-minute short film turned into a 45-minute project and then feature-length film. And to be honest, it's beautiful. You can't tell. I had no idea this could have once been a 20-minute film. Yeah. I wonder what parts of this were like meant for the theme park. I reckon definitely the part where she kind of comes into where the cat bureau is. Yeah. I could see that oh, location. Really? I could see that I location guess, being oh, like yeah. in a theme park. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And possibly the um <clears throat> masquerade scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be right. And probably the scene where she gets whisked away as well. Um to go join you know, the bit where like all the cats run through the cafe and she gets pulled out with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that I can see working. Um but yeah, look, this was meant to be a short and became a feature length film, which is actually fantastic and oh. highly underrated. Um, and this is one that we're all big fans of and should have talked about earlier but didn't. Um, I still haven't actually watched Whisper of the Heart. Has anyone else watched it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, was it good? Yeah. Not as good as Cat Returns? Oh my God, no. (laughs) I have not, but I'm given to understand it focuses more on the whole idea that Baron is made of an object, that Mm. he is an object with a soul and so is are the crow. It seems to go more into that. And then he has the partner. That mm. like a female cat partner who Aww. was made like with him, but I think they were like separated. Because I watched the Aww. cat returns first, and then I I heard that there was like conjoining one. So then I mm. went and watched the whispers, and then I was disappointed. Expanded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a a bit of a wild film, um, and the dub in particular makes it all the better. Anne Hathaway as your main girl. As Harry, yeah. Mm. Carrie Elwes is Baron, i.e. men in tights, Robin Hood. Like That guy, he <sighs> deserves so much more. He deserves to be in so much more. And then you've got Muta, who is the big white fat cat, and he's done by Peter Boyle. That was the dad in Everyone Loves Raymond. He was like a comedy actor yeah. in the 80s and 90s. But we, when we were watching it, when I saw Muta turn around, I went, a car- the cat kind of looks like if Benedict Wong was a cat. Yeah. And I was like, can you imagine if Benedict Wong was voicing him? Like, I would be so down for that. He would do an amazing job. I reckon he'd be amazing. Yes. And then the cat king, of all people, is Blimmin' Tim Curry. Like, <laughs> and he's just like, hey, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if they actually gave him a script. <laughs> I, I just, just wouldn't be just surprised like if he looked at the script and just go like, no, I'm a cat. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah, I mean, it's very Tim Curry being Tim Curry. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. Um, anyway. There are certain Hollywood actors who just get away with that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, if the, less, the rest of the list is massive. Like, you've got Naturu, which is um, Andy Richter. He's Odo from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And we're all massive now. So yep. So I don't f- know if you are. Uh... Nope, nope. <gasps> the non-nerd. <laughs> She's wearing a Ghostbusters shirt. What Slice are you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got uh, Kristen Bell, who's Harumi. And I think this is like one of her early roles as well. She would have been quite young. Yeah, she sounds, it sounds like teenage Kristen Bell doing it. It's like, what? And then there's uh, Kristen Sutherland, who I believe um, is related to Keitha Sutherland. Mm. Um, she was from Buffy the Vampire Saver as the mum. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. And uh, she was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as well. Like, okay. Much 90s. Uh, oh, okay. No, she's got no connection to Keitha Sutherland. She's just 
got a similar name and she's joined married to John Pankow who's like I don't know someone <laughs> some yeah. some actor in America who <laughs> hey, I don't know very he's well. that guy from that place with the thing oh she's uh, voiced uh, local population in GTA 5 <laughs> <laughs> which came out in 2013 what, the hell what? <laughs> it's been we had 10 years of Grand Theft Auto 5 I'm so confused about that Hey, anyway. Rockstar, number six. What's going on? Um, anyway, yeah. back to the anime. <laughs> back to the anime. And back to the anime. Anyway. Um, there was a thing I did, like, did notice is that um, like the character design and everything, very, very different to a lot of other Ghibli film stuff. And I suppose that's uh, to do with the director. Being well, different. yeah, director and art style as well. So um, Hiragi, uh, Ao, Hiragi Ao, who's the creator of the manga... So her most widely known work is Whisper of the Heart and that manga obviously adapted into the film and then a number of characters made into other stories of popular culture and the protagonist of the film Whisper of the Heart is the inspiration for Lo-Fi Girl. Mm. Oh. Like that channel. That is ah. that is a scene from Whisper Whoa. of the Heart. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the whose first iteration was based closely on the still from the film and, yeah, the two cats from the film, the Baron and Muta, have appeared in five different studio productions. Studio Ghibli really? Productions. Crazy. Yeah. So... What are the other ones? I'm not sure. I need, I need to find out, yeah. actually. Like, I mean, you figure they would have to be sort of modern setting-ish, but I can't... I can't think of anywhere else I would have seen them. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I'm just like, hmm, okay. Wait, was the Baron at the end of uh, Howl's Moving Castle? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Baron did end up in Howl's Moving Castle. Like, maybe... He was dressed similarly. But but now we're going to have to find out what films he's in. Like, th- this but whether is... it's like the figure, though, like on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like yeah, more yeah. reference, more background reference, or like even just like a cat in the background, just like mm. going past. So he's a living statue of an anthropomorphic cat who was fully dressed, including a top hat and shoes. And at night, he comes to life. He belongs to the owner of an antique shop uh, named Shiro Nishi. The cat returns. He owns the Cat Bureau. In the original Japanese version of Whisperer of the Heart and Cat Bureau, he's voiced by the same person, and Carrie Elvis did it in uh, both the other ones. I'm not seeing a listing of any other. No? Um, what are it, like, Easter eggs? Yeah. Because that's what we're thinking. Um, I th- it's got to it's gotta be like an Easter egg. Like, oh, okay. Cat Baron. It was a series. What? Oh. I, I'd be I'd be willing to bet this is like a small series. Let's have a look. We might here. need to track this down. Yeah, Cat Baron, Whisper of the Heart, The Cat Returns, Yume no Machi Neko no Dan Shaku, Muta appears. I think this is. I think some of these are shorts, right? That are only at the Studio Ghibli oh. Museum. Yeah, there's a bunch of those this actually. Like sense. um. There's the one for My Neighbor Totoro, which I've been trying to feverishly locate, but it is mm. exclusive to Ghibli Museum. Actually, uh, Baron and Muta are the most recurring characters in Ghibli works, as a, uh, appearing in five different works compared to anyone else, um, followed by Minno, Minono Hashi, which has appeared in four different works, which is a mammal-like animal species that appears in Nausicaa. <laughs> Would that be? Oh, would that be this the cat thing? Oh my god, it's adorable. What is it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like a tadpole mixed with a like hamster. Yeah. Type thing. I'm, I, I, tadpole I, hamster. I don't know what on earth it is. What <laughs> does tadpole hamster taste like? Yeah. Oh, it, oh, it, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a frog burger, yep. Um, it, it's got slightly different appearances in... Um, so it's a mammal-like creature with four red eyes and beaver-like tail, depicted to be a small species, but in the journey of Shuna, it's quite, like, hippo-sized. Um, yeah, so anyway, like, it's kind of weird. Um, I'm having a look, and there's just so many pictures but they're of the Baron, and they all seem to be ah. from the other well from the two films that we've been talking about whisper you find something curly so i i put it in in uh google Siri mm-hmm. <laughs> ghibli uh, baron easter eggs and it comes up with like pictures of uh um spirited away uh mm-hmm. kiki's delivery service so i think they're oh and um uh a couple others so I feel like they're in that. In Spirited Away, though. So are they yeah. in the background? Or? I think so. Yeah. There is a manga that uh, Shumi Shop have. It's actually the cat returns the manga. Ah. Ghibli. Uh, well, okay, Shumi, we might be hitting you up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm actually surprised to hear he's in so many different things. Like, I didn't think he was that recurrent of a character. And the thing is, I haven't heard of... So, Cat Baron, Humpet von uh, Kikingen, and Muta are the main protagonists in the series. He does uh, have a very iconic look. Yeah. Yumi no Machi, Muta appears, appeared as a stray cat who lives near Aki's house. He's interrupted by this in the statue... He's interested in the statue of the Baron and Nekomoso. The characters modelled after the Baron and Muta appear in this series. It's like, I don't know what they are. And nowhere seems to know what they are other than all the wiki articles on them, which mm. don't actually point to wiki articles for these unusual separate things. Anyway, we'll the do Baron's awesome. Later. The Baron's awesome, and uh, he should be uh, appreciated by you. And if you don't appreciate him, then I don't appreciate you, and you should let that... Uh... Marinate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Going way off track. Nice monologue. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so this is 75 minutes of fun, basically. It's it's joy. I love it. And I highly recommend it. Like if you are like major into your nostalgia and love watching your old Disney cartoons, this will fit right in with all of those. Mm-hmm. Can, can recommend. Yeah, yeah. Um, this actually was really well received. Like for a... a, a it, it feels bad to say this, but for a minor... Ghibli film, i.e. one that is not done by Miyazaki and then obviously marketed out the wazoo. Yeah. This is on 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So It's yeah. weird because like everyone will talk about uh, Mononoke or Castle in the Sky or Spirited Away as like these are the big Ghibli things. But this seems just as iconic and just as beloved. Mm. It's just well, not do, as widely do you remember when, So when Aaron first joined the podcast, he had mm-hmm. never watched a Ghibli film. <gasps> so he then, when he, on because he was doing Night Shift, decided he was <clears> going to watch all of them. And he made a valid point. Like when you think of like the Ghibli films, there are five or six which stand out as the big ones that are always like repeatedly talked about. You know, yes. Spirited Away, Mononoke, Totoro, um, Castle, in- Castle in the Sky, House Moving, Castle. House Moving Castle, and lots of castles, lots of castles. Yeah, and the, uh, the number six kind of yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, it's whatever you know. Hits the hits the mark for you, um, but there's all these other ones in here. Like we've got, obviously, this the cat returns. Um, we've got Pompoco. Pompoco. Um, we've got Pocoroso. My favorite. Got, you know, th- there's a lot of Ghibli films that are actually exceptionally good films. That oh, Kiki's Delivery Service was the sixth one that I was thinking of. Oh yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of them that people don't know a lot about or think about. Like um, this Ponyo, which when it came out in 2008 was a big deal. I still haven't seen it. Oh, wow, really? Like it just it's one of those ones that just constantly falls down and down the list. Uh, Up on Poppy Hill, Tale of Princess Kaguya, when Marnie was there. All of these are recent Ghibli films in the past 10 years, which, well, okay, 15 years, which, you know, they don't seem to get into the, the the mental space of people who are looking for a Ghibli film to watch. Everyone goes to that main six or seven films. I mean, if you compare Up on Poppy Hill to, um, say, How's Moving Castle. How's Moving Castle is very, very mm-hmm. mystical and magical. It transports you. Mm-hmm. Up on Poppy Hill is like a time capsule to like 1950s Japan. Yeah. And, oh, there is... I always go back to that one for the scene where they go to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And it looks the part. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, the other thing as well is like, and the, part of the reason we decided to do a Ghibli film is because there is the new Ghibli film, uh, the, the last film Miyazaki's making, The Boy and the Heron, which is uh, not the actual name, but sure. Um, the actual <laughs> name is How Do You Live? And they went, no, no one in the West will want to go watch a film called How Do You Live? <laughs> I mean, look, fair, fair. Damn, Bird, do you live like this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so The Boy and the Heron. Um, and that's... I wonder if that is going to be because it's his last film and he's, it's all about you know the film he wants to leave behind for his kids and his grandkids. Whether that will end up in that you know that top list of people go oh these are the films you watch or if like this it'll end up further down. But I am very yeah. fascinated to see this film after so long. I know, right? Because I mean, it's been like ten <clears throat> years, and during that time, people kept going, "Oh, he's been, you know, he's uh, <laughs> he's come out of he's retirement." Come out of retirement. It's like, <laughs> no, he's just been working on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. man's been busy. <sighs> so, anyway, um, the production around Cat Returns is actually kind of interesting. So, when the Whisper of the Heart manga uh, and film came out in '95, um, that kind of because that. Strangely, it did quite well in Japan, Whisper of the Heart. Not so good internationally, but it, it was quite well liked. Hmm. And the, there were a lot of figurines of the cats and the other various characters that reappear in this. And that, by the sounds of it... Um, so, uh, the girl's life had no magical elements. The film featured short fantasy scenes depicting that the girl was writing of the Baron, a character of her novel, which was so popular and inspired uh, that an indirect sequel was made featuring Baron and another girl, a high school student named Haru. So the popularity of the magical story of Baron in Whisper of the Heart is what led to a literal fantastical story about the Baron being written, which is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It was. It doesn't say what Japanese theme park it was, but they wanted three elements to be... Fe- uh, Miyazaki, sorry, wanted three key elements to be featured in the story, and that was the Baron, Muta, and a mysterious antique shop. And we, we see all of those quite quickly, quite easily. Um, and then they were... Uh, K- Hiragi was actually commissioned to create the manga of the story, which is where we get, you know, Baron the Cat Returns. And... That was published by Viz Media in English. And then the theme park cancelled the project um, and Miyazaki took the existing work done by them and used it for testing for future Ghibli directors. Interesting. Yeah, and this is, you know, like the short was now to be 45 minutes long. Responsibility was given to Marita and he started animating in 99 for the film My Neighbours, the Yamadas. And then over a nine-month period, he translated Baron into a 525-page storyboard. Crazy. That's actually about right, actually, for, for... when you think about how many shots they have in Ghibli films, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's still, the that is a lot of work. 
Yeah, Miyazaki and Toshi Suzuki decided to produce the full-length feature based on those storyboards by Morita. Um, this was partly because Haru, the main character, had a believable feel to her, and it became the second theatrical Studio Ghibli feature to be directed by someone other than Miyazaki. So there you go. So that that's why it's kind of like important. Uh, I want to also make a point that they were not the only ones working on it. They also got Telecom Animation Film to help, along with Production IG, um, who we like, and Doctor Movie. Doctor Movie is a South Korean animation studio that you will see appear on so many productions and they provide support with a lot of Japanese animations titles, especially Madhouse. Interesting. So, um, and in 2001, Madhouse actually became a partial owner investor in Doctor Movie. So, um, uh, notably contributed with to Claymore in 2007. I still wow. need to watch that. Yeah. Hell, so We need to do an episode on that. Yeah, yeah, we do. So, because, uh, besides Madhouse, Doctor Movie has worked extensively with Nickelodeon, Sunrise, Warner Brothers Animation, Gonzo Studio, and Studio Ghibli. It is the only Korean studio uh, contract studio with which Ghibli has worked. Wow. So, there you go. Um, they also, like, have a production facility in Busan. I'm just like, train to Busan! Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you guys seen that and the sequel? No, oh. I've... Yeah, it's been on my list. Um, they were in, uh, just so you know, Doctor Movie was involved in production of Avatar: Last Airbender original. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, not, um, not the movie, the, the Batman, Batman Mystery of the Batwoman, Batman and Harley Quinn, Batman vs Two Face, Godzilla the series one and two, Hellboy, uh, Storm of Sword of Storms. There's just like Justice League, Justice League Action, Justice League Dark, Lunatics Unleashed, Men in Black the series, The Simpsons episode uh, season thirty four for the Treehouse of Horrors, the Death Tome. So they did the Death Note episode. They did yeah. the anime yeah. episode, right? Yeah, they've they've done a lot of stuff with everyone, and it's like they don't even list all of the um, like anime they've been involved in because there's too many. <laughs> they just list like the American productions because they're like, there's only a few of these. It's okay. Oh, fair enough. Oh, they were involved in High Guardian Spies. Oh, Ooh. that's <sighs> that's. I feel for them. They probably were like, after that, we're not helping you anymore. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's Doctor Movie. We should actually probably do a proper episode on them. Um, like, I want to believe that they were involved in High Guardian Spies in all of the parts that were, you know, animated and coherent. And everything else was someone else's fault. <laughs> yeah, we blame it on someone else. Anyway, getting well off tangent here anyway. So um, the dub for this is fantastic. Um, it's, as we mentioned, voices of Anne Hathaway, Carrie Ellis, Peter Boyd, Elliot Gould, Tim Curry, Judy Greer, and Kristen Bell. And that released in 2005 on DVD alongside Norsica and Porco Rosso's dub at the same time. It's, it's a crazy thing because you always think of like early dubs being very uh, mm. poorly acted. I mean, that, that's the thing as well. Like, that's one thing that I, like, I do not like the mouse. But if there is one thing I, I give them massive props for is their quality of dubbing. Mm -hmm. Like, whenever Walt Disney has been involved in a dub, it has been standout and exceptional because they get actual actors. Not yeah. like, And that's not to say voice actors are bad, but if you get a stage actor and get them in, they are going to emote a lot more strongly because they're used to being in front of a crowd and they know they have to push it that extra nth degree well even then i figure that also has something to do with the director because yeah, you, there's plenty well. of uh voice acting roles where they brought in yeah. someone famous and they just have not hit the path this is true i mean like you have a look at um what salami studios did so they did the dub for um cyberpunk and were also involved in a lot of the older dubs that we know that we enjoyed such as like uh, cowboy bebop neon genesis mm. and so on um not to, not directly they're the studio that does it, and they then what have What was the name of in. the studio? Salami oh. Studio. 
they're good folks over at Salami. Like, I, I would actually really like to do an interview with them to find out what the experience has been like because they've been in the game for like 20 something years. So, how did wow. you come up with the name for your company? Well, we were out to lunch one day and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had a salami sandwich. And yeah. there we go, salami. Yeah, we that- should call our studio <laughs> Studio Sandwich. Wait, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look. We, we do know that G-Kids now looks after all the dubbing for um, the Ghibli films. That's been pretty much since uh, 2018, 2017. And they, they do do a good job, but they don't. we're not getting in those big names. It's now like... like I mean, geez, Norsica had um, Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, what? So they got all these big actors in to do it, and you don't get that anymore. And it's kind of like a, a time capsule of a period where Disney was taking... Ghibli's work really seriously. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of miss that. Me too. And yeah. I mean... And that's not to say anything's wrong with G-Kids, but it's just, it's a very different feel. No, that is actually crazy to think about, though. It's like, now, anime is being taken a lot more seriously by, like, major productions and corporations because there is big business in yeah. anime. Back then, it was still somewhat niche. Yeah. So the, which is crazy to think about. The new... Um, uh, movie that's coming out mm-hmm. is that going to come out like already dubbed? Dubbed. My understanding is yes. I wonder who they have. It's G Kids, and I think there is a list online. Um, I'll have a look once we get into the news. Ooh. Actually, because there there was an announcement recently about dubbing rights to it. Um, I just don't remember who it ended up actually being. So go figure. Anyway, um, the Cat Returns. It is on Netflix, HBO Max, um, basically anywhere you can watch a um, Studio Ghibli film. It, it is in that catalog, and it's adorable. It's Hit adorable. It it's fun. Um, it's family friendly. You can yeah. watch it with the kids. The dub is really easy listening as well. It's not like too fast paced or too slow. It's it's very well done. Um, highly recommend. Go watch. Do things. It it be good. Tonight on Anime Communicate. Great story. Compelling and rich. Nothing brings ratings up like a little controversy. I too have gone watch dumb things. (laughs) (laughs) Have you? Oh, well. Um, So... Let's get in the anime news, and let's let's might as well start off with uh, here, uh, Miyazaki's *The Boy and the Heron*. Uh, it opened simultaneously on IMAX and normal film in Japan, and sold 4.64 million tickets, earning just shy of seven billion yen. So crazy! That's uh, 700 million, I think that would be. I, I, need, I can't math. No, I'm I'm way off the mark. Uh, yeah. It's 47 million US. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's still decent take well, I, I don't know like the tra- the conversion off the top of my head because it changes so much so that was as of Monday the that was a week ago and that was the first opening week okay so that's that's not a bad innings decent revenue for Japan yeah yeah um, it also opened simultaneously on oh hang on no it's July 14 it opened so it's been open for six weeks now oh, oh. that's not really very good is eh. it I'm sure it's cost them more than four. Well, well actually, Miyazaki was doing most of the animation himself, so it hasn't cost them forty-seven million. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and it, they didn't spend any money on advertising. Yeah, <laughs> um, the film has earned more than Miyazaki's uh, *Spirited Away* in its first four days, and fifty percent more than *Wind Rises* from 2013. Wow! Um, it also exceeded 1.7 million from 44 IMAX screens, which is a new three-day opening record according to Deadline. So this is it's done well. 
Um, it is going to get a simultaneous IMAX. Well, it's the first Studio Ghibli film to get a simultaneous IMAX release, and is also streaming streaming on. It's also screaming on Dolby Atmos, Dolby Cinema, and DTSX. So all like the you know how like if you've got like a normal cinema, and then you've got like a really fancy one, they're like it's got the best music sound and all that. It's it's for those ones. Oh, fair enough. So right. yeah, now it will release in North America theaters later this year. Um, G Kids have licensed it. We were hoping there'd be some information on the dub, but I do not seem to find any. All we've got is uh, information on the One Piece dub. Um, (laughs) So that's not very helpful. I mean, the live action, because they're getting the Japanese cast to voice. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, So look, this film is going to have its international premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 7th. And this will uh, mark the first time the festival opens with an animated film, as well as the first time for a Japanese film. So that's kind of kind of cool mm. kind of cool all right on to uh on to controversy zom 100 has had its sixth episode delayed on some streaming services some the keyword used not sure why okay um so sixth episode prem- uh premieres on monday on netflix hulu and crunchyroll so it's been pushed back by delayed by okay this has changed a lot since the last time i've read it sorry i mean um, it can't be covid that's pushing it back. no What's it's been going pu- on it's here? been delayed by 24 hours due to production circumstances so oh. i'm wondering if something like happened to one of their servers when they were exporting yeah, it, it must or... be or something yeah close to that well it doesn't oh. sound too bad the anime's fourth episode which aired on july 30th was similarly delayed to july 21 on some streaming services Okay, so that it's airing no trouble on Japanese TV. It's just getting it to the streaming services that seems to be the problem. And it might also be like, it is zombies, so maybe there's like some stipulations they're making and saying, can you quickly tweak that or whatever. Oh. Yeah, nah. who Anyway, episode 7 will air on September 3rd, and then a recap episode will air on September 10th before the 8th and 9th return on the 17th and 24th. So a bit disappointed we're getting a recap episode because it doesn't need it. No, absolutely not. There is absolutely no reason for a recap episode when you can watch it online. Um, Just got to wonder, who are these recap episodes for? Uh, The recap episode is very traditional for Japanese audiences. So they're like, if you uh it's my my point on this is it's far too late for the recap episode if you're going to do the recap episode episode six okay like it yeah it, it has a space but normally once you get past the three episodes you then have episode four and five will be everyone going oh okay actually yeah this is good but then if you're if you've missed those first five episodes well yeah you want to recap to ju- if you wanted to jump in and that makes sense in that regard for at least a for appointment based viewing which japan does a lot of Okay, it, that makes more sense. But in the day and age where everything is on streaming, including this, you can stream this in Japan on Netflix. You don't need a recap episode. People can literally just go and get it. So and there's it's, that thing of tradition yeah, once again. Making things bad. Gotta keep that facts going. Mm-hmm. So it's still going to be 12 episodes despite the... Yep. <laughs> despite the pointless recap app. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, and as we mentioned, this is by the the brand new studio, Studio Bug, and uh, yeah, big fan of them. Big fan very of them. interested to see what they'll do next. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to visual novels, and this is something we will probably use. Uh, I know that's a very odd segue for us. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I've mentioned before on the podcast, but there is Sukahime, which is um, the what is it, Lunar Legend Sukahime. Um, 
One of your old favourites. Yeah, and this is a remake of the original visual novel game. The original visual novel came out in like 95, oh. I think it was. And it's uh, going to be heading to PS4 and Switch in English localization in 2024. Um, they have launched in Japan the, the new version of it in on PS4 and Switch in August 2021. Um, and there was an uh, the game features a different voice cast from the 2003 Lunar Legend Tsukihime TV anime adaptation. Now, this is part of the Type Moon universe, and Type Moon is where fate comes from. And right. Yeah, and a lot. Like Originally founded by novelist Kinoku Nasu and illustrator Takashi Takeuchi as a doujin soft hobbyist-made games, Circle, after its success with Tsukihime, which became the first big one, the Circle became a label under Notes, the new company founded by Nasu and Takeuchi, named after one of Nasu's earlier novels. You named your early novel Notes? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that was the name of the file he had all this stuff in. Yeah. Yeah, however, most most fans still refer to the company as Type Moon or T Moon. So this um, does have quite a lot of interconnection. It's uh, anime. You've got Kanan, Fate, like literally every single Fate. <laughs> My God, you actually have to keep scrolling. Um, Higurashi, um, Garden of Sinners, Lucky Stars OVA. They were credited for special thanks in that for some reason wait what is lucky star part of the fate universe uh, it is now um, <laughs> <laughs> melty blood um today's menu from the Amir family uh i don't know like some of lord lord elmilio's um when they cry which on the holy night like th- there's a lot that came from games and stories they've created which has been brought into that so, Lucky Star is part of the fate universe. They were just given special thanks in it. They weren't actually credited as the original creator like they are in all the others. So don't, don't worry, it's, it's it's fine. One is brain melting for scope and scale. The other one is just brain melting. Okay. <laughs> it's just, why are they connected? Why? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, anyway, they've um, released uh, on Wednesday a trailer for the English version of it. So Tsukihime, A Piece of Blue Glass Moon. Um, which is the remake of the game, and it contains an English rendition of the original Vision Novel's cryptic opening scene and contains the game's opening title sequence, which is a uh, theme song crea- called Simisan, which is Lifeline, and it's sung by Rio Na. Oh. So that's all been online, and they're doing a really big push for this. So I think we might have to go and do an episode looking at the original ga- um, original anime before the new game comes out because honestly I have to play the game yeah I'm, I'm actually pretty keen to play it <laughs> like, I'd say so the uh, anime it was strangely disjointed to me like I understand mm. like why like people like it but at the same time it feels like you're going to get more out of it if you play all the different lines of the game. It feels like there's a lot missing in the other. Oh yeah absolutely absolutely but I mean this is I, I always quite enjoyed um Lunar Legend Tsukihime and mm. this is like 2003 this was like early days of anime watching for me that was one of the first ones you showed off to me yeah well uh, yeah actually it was wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. wow man that's gone back it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm old <laughs> I'm old oh trivia we have seven pieces of trivia for Lunar Legend Tsukihime it was first released in comic market 59 of winter 2000 it's about pretty vampires I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, let's move quite on from that. So let's talk about Suzume. Yes, the film that we got really hyped about, um, which was... Uh, a mistake? 
No, no, no. It was good. It was good. Um, I did. I did really like um, Suzume. Um, Makoto Shinkai did a really good job of it. Um, it's gone back to the cinemas for a hundred theaters in Japan. Holy it's God. gone for a special run from September twenty to October five. The special screening will commemorate the release of the Blu-ray and DVD, which will come on September twentieth. And the special film screenings will coincide with the dates of the film's story when the protagonist Suzume starts her five-day journey through Japan. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually was in cinemas for six months. So that is yeah. Um, in Japanese theaters, it it earned a hundred and five million US at the time, which is oh. very nice, very nice. Worldwide gross is one hundred and seventy five million as of June um, this year. So yeah, fifteenth highest earning film of all time in Japan, as well as ninth ninth highest earning anime film of all time in Japan. So it's pretty up there. All right, let's talk about what's coming out because uh, there's there's a lot. I I was I'm actually quite surprised. I have. I mean, I yeah, this it, season was pretty chock full. So yeah, like there's so many announcements. So let let's start from the top. Uh, Urusai Yatsura its second half is going to premiere in January 2024 that is the uh, reboot of Rumiko Takahashi's series which first like was her first anime series and one of her first no- uh, manga series hmm. and I think that came out in like oh geez, I think like it was like late 90s mm-hmm. uh, the manga ran from 78 to 87 and the oh yep and the TV anime ran from 81 to 86 for the original so like yeah uh it's been around it's been a while um then we've got hokkaido girls are super adorable that's coming out in january as well and it's like sorry hokkaido gals so they're like <gasps> gal gals. gals yeah that's my jam yeah. wow so um yeah um that's going to be interesting as well uh very pretty art style um i actually quite like the character design because it's 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 just it's she's very, a gal she's a gal and then the guy actually has... He looks. He doesn't look like Kirito. <laughs> the main guy does not look like a generic Japanese anime Brilliant. boy. There's so a change great. happening. And then I don't know who the purple haired girl is, but she seems cool. And the, oh, wow, she's definitely a gal. <laughs> Pink hair and everything. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun Cute. by the sounds of it. It's a comedy romance series. Um, I'm hoping for oh. something in line with like... Um, uh, Dress up, darling. Dress up, darling. Mm-hmm. Dress up, darling, or um, is... Nagatoro, yeah. or like you know the, the sort of like the somewhat teasy. There is something girl. in the character design which looks like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who the studio and the poster was, especially. Yeah, let's find out who the studio is for this because then we'll know if it's going to be bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Um. Wow. Okay. It's Silverlink. Yes. Wow. And Blade, who I've never heard of. Um, Mirai Minato is the chief director. They did Masamunikan's Revenge, Bafuri, and um, many uh, a few others. They're also overseeing the series scripts for the anime. Um, the episode director of Laidback Camp and the Great Jar He Will Not Be Defeated is Yay. looking after is directing it. Ooh. And um, the character designer. Mm, I wonder if this isn't PG. It's Katsuyuki Sato, uh, Sato Katsuyuki. My stepmom's daughter is my ex. Oh, uh, yeah. And <laughs> fire in his fingertips. My childhood friend is a fire. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that the one Terry that, was in? That's the one Terry's <laughs> in. That's the one Terry's in. <laughs> it, it, in fact, is. I remember the that. The dry t- guy. Is he? Is he? Is he oh, I'm not sure if he is. One actually. of our voice actor mates. He's, uh, he's a delight. Mm. 
I don't think this is the one he's in. I think this is the... Are you certain? Because that uh, is a I think very he's in iconic the, title. I think he's in the other Sexy Fireman one. Oh, the yeah. other sexy the fireman other. one. The, there's like three of them. Uh, yeah. One of them we definitely cannot name because the name is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, the Haikyuu final Which project... Which is a lot, but it's weird that it happened three times. <laughs> I know, right? Um, their first film in the two-part Haikyuu finale project has revealed its title and logo. Um, the first film is to tell the fated showdown between Karasunu High and Nekomata High. And uh, that was shared on Twitter about a week back now. Um, the film is going to be called Haikyuu the Movie, The Decisive Battle at the Garbage Dump. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought this had already finished. Like, yeah, all I, of this. Yeah, I thought we were done. But no, this is the final two double-ended project. Yeah. And, um, and I think the final it, battle is going to take place at the tip. Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was finished as well. But it turns out there's like additional stuff from the manga that hasn't been adapted. That is part of the final arc. So... Yeah, okay. checks out. Um, dungeon People manga about managing a fantasy dungeon is getting a TV anime. Um, it is a web action manga um, that is shared on fu- uh, Futabashi's. And it's it looks cute. I've seen the uh, art for it for the teaser. It looks very cute. Yeah, yeah. so very comfy. Clay, Clay was trained by her father to be an expert member of the Thieves Guild. Since her father disappeared three years ago, she's been using her skills to search for him in the dungeon, filled with goblins, a minotaur, and all manner of other dangerous creatures. But when Clay reaches deeper than anyone ever has before, she meets the caretaker of the dungeon, and to her surprise, Clay is invited to join the staff. (laughs) So thus begins Clay's new job, to learn the inner workings and behind-the-scenes secrets of the dungeon from the inside. Oh, like, sets up all the challenges. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I think this has actually been a joke in a lot of different, like, D&D things. It's just like... You know how you go into a dungeon mm-hmm. and the traps are well oiled and there's torches mm. lit? Mm. Who takes care of that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, we don't have an exact date for this, um, but uh, look, um, if it's being announced now, probably sometime in the next six to nine months. Usually I'm really case. happy with the amount of like swords and sorcery fantasy we're getting. We're getting this mm-hmm. as well as dungeon meshy. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're getting to, to the end, though. Not the end, but like... Oh, say that For me, so. the tolerance oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. having this sort of anime. Oh, look, I don't think they'll ever stop making it. No, they won't. Like Isekai. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, a, it's a solid genre. Um, Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, it's part two finale is going to be a one-hour special on September 30th. So... That, oh. that checks out. It's and there's also a... a compilation on September 2nd of part two's first half. So... Yeah. Which really doesn't make sense, but okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, now, Doctor Stone, its second part of New World that's arriving October twelfth, um, which is early actually. Um, I kind of fell off Doctor Stone a bit. Yeah, so did I. Same. Um, and the to be honest, if they had kept going with season two or season three and just kept pushing through instead of doing eleven episodes and then having a six month break, uh, sorry, three month break, it it would have done better because this is a good this is a good part of the story and they've. Paused it on a cliffhanger. Um, oh, did they? Yeah, I'm not not happy uh, about that. Like, I've read the whole manga. I finished the manga. Right, it's right. done. It's great. And this is a good story. And it just feels like it's not getting the attention it deserves because yeah. they're kind of they're just eh-ing it. So yeah, um, Ancient Magus Bride season two part two. Yay! Um, that is going to land on October fifth, and it's got a new opening song. Woo! Um, I've just almost finished season two part one uh, last night. I'm oh yeah, like a few episodes away from the end. Mm-hmm. It's great. They had a camping episode. You mentioned this. Yes, and it was interrupted by a knuckle ivy. What is a knuckle ivy? A uh, Scottish ancient fairy tale horror story. Okay, that that's. 
that's well within the scope of Ancient Magus Bride. But what is a knuckle of V? A knuckle of V <laughs> is like a horse with no skin with the top half of a rider attached to it. It uh, basically is responsible for famine, destroying crops, wreaking havoc. Skinless centaur? Yes, and it's a... Well, top half is also supposed to have the horse's head as well. Oh. Just... Oh. So it's a centaur wearing a goofy horse head mask. (laughs) No. And it also also has arms so long and so sharp that they drag along the ground and rip everything to pieces. Oh. Cute. This it's the sort of thing that if you were ever going to sort of be a DM for a Dungeons and Dragons game, this is what you have in your back pocket when you just decide that you absolutely hate everyone at your table and want them to suffer. <laughs> it is enough. nightmare fuel. And so there was like a mix between, you know, camping, which is lovely and comfy, and knuckle V, which is the exact opposite of comfy in every way. Yeah, that's fair. Good enough. episode. 10 out of 10. We'll watch again. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, Dress Up Darling. Its manga has switched to monthly chapters for its current arc. So each each chapter will have more pages per chapter, which is good because it's been fortnightly and it doesn't feel like much has happened in each Ooh. chapter because of, yeah. Dress Up Nakalivi. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> next next chapter is available on September 15th. This is a temporary switch to monthly serialization for the manga's current Tenmei, the Mandate of Heaven arc. And this is due to the author drawing more pages per chapter for the arc um i mean that checks out but yeah um the mandate of heaven arc is it's all to do with like a uh, an outfit that they've been working on and it felt it's felt like it's taken a very long time for them to get to the point where hey the he's he's found the final item of the that he needs i mean that checks out though it does it take does. a very long time to make an outfit yeah mm-hmm. no 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 but i mean like it, it's it feels like it's taken like i think it's like eight or nine chapters it feels like it's taken for him to find the right fabric yeah and it's like it, it didn't need to be dragged out that long and it feels like it's kind of stalled a little bit no, in the storytelling and the character I'm with relationships on this. no no don't, don't <laughs> be wrong it's true things can take uh, a while but it, it's felt like the last that many chapters has just been all about i can't find the fabric yeah you can do that for two chapters but you can't keep doing it you they've stalled the character interactions the relationships developments and all that sort of stuff for this and that's a shame uh, it feels like it's also been inconsistently coming out because of it so i think this is a good move and i think this will help you know, put it back on the right path that it needs to be. Mm. So that'll be good. Is the author of this also cosplayer? Because maybe this is just sort of like they're venting their frustration. <laughs> no, I don't think they're a cosplayer, but I do know that they have a lot of contacts they talk to in the industry who create professional cosplays and stuff, and that's where they're getting all the information yeah. and research. Because otherwise funny. they wouldn't get it right. Yeah. yeah. That checks out. All right. And now here is the big, big news. Science Saru have a new anime coming out. Okay. Science Saru are putting out an anime on Netflix. Mm. It is the Scott Pilgrim anime. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Science Saru, i.e. Um, Izuken. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they are also returning the full 2010 live-action cast for it. Oh. Yeah. Which is intriguing because a lot of them have sort of changed over that amount of time. Yep. But I think it's going to be pretty damn good. Like... It's un- it's a, it's been done. So Netflix began streaming the first teaser trailer for it. Universal Studio Group's Universal Content Production and Science Saru are the group that have worked together for it. And um, yeah, like it's wild. And I didn't actually realize this in the the lead up to it, but technically speaking, the film for Scott Pilgrim was technically a flop. What? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I hear a lot of people. Exactly. Still... It's because it's the the like a cult phenomenon after the fact that it came out. I ah. think is what. Okay. Yeah, but here's the thing: when you have a look at the cast of the original of the Scott Pilgrim film, they're all big. Mm-hmm. So, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Satya Baba, who is uh, Patel, mm-hmm. um, Kieran Culkin, who's Wallace, Chris Evans, yep. who I always forget was in it as Lucas Lee, mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Alison Pill, Audrey Plaza, Brandon Routh, Jason Schwartzman, Johnny Simmons, Mark Webber. <laughs> yeah, like. May Whitman and Ellen Wong, like holy hell! Like you think about that in the in a modern day, like if you had to pay all those people to do something, that's not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. So well done, Universal. I will, I will tip my hat off to you, and I will, uh, I will watch it. I had the original manga ages ago, so yeah, I got to wonder comics. if the new one's going to be like faithfully following it. Yeah, mm, yeah, that'll be interesting. <clears throat> Um, they also have um, quite a lot of people helping out on this. So um, O'Malley is writing the project um, alongside ex- sort of executive producer with Ben David Grabinski, who is in charge of the Are You Afraid of the Dark series, which is a live Holy, action. Holy, that's Ooh. yeah, that's from ages ago. Yeah, so that's that's getting. Are a You new Afraid reboot. of the Dark was like Canadian Goosebumps. Yeah, it was. So, it's oh gonna be good. Man, that is, that's weird. <laughs> Um, Science Saru is animating the project and its CEO is serving as producer along with uh, Abel Gongora and uh, who did the Star Wars Visions TOB1 episode for Science Saru um, also as the director I kind of also wonder how this is going to land because Scott Pilgrim was kind of almost a cultural time capsule Mm -hmm. it was a very different time so is this just going to be pure nostalgia fuel or is everyone just going to be very confused well it's it gets even better because edgar wright who's the director and co-writer of the original one is executive producer um, with his producing partner nira park and it's got basically they've grabbed everyone who did the original game that's pretty cool i do appreciate edgar wright's movies just yeah i wonder how effective he is with animation well he said writers hinted in 2020 that there were some plans <laughs> to revisit the material in an animation way we've been with talks with brian and jared for a while about it what if we did something with the books in anime form it's been discussed as we speak and that was in 2020 and it's yeah <clears throat> obviously evolved um <clears throat> I, I think it's going to be interesting how they address um negative scott <laughs> and how they phrase that <laughs> because yeah. um, but uh, look I think it'll be good <laughs> I think it'll be great um, <laughs> anyway um, that, there, there's your controversy Kawaii Fire Radio Negative Scott. We're not going to use the short one. So next episode, <laughs> maybe card captors, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll maybe. see. We'll see where everyone is because it's that's that's kind of what it is. We want to make sure that you know everyone who wants to talk on it on the team gets to talk on it. And I will also watch more of the Strange Card series. Well, it's great. It's great. And Emma's been rewatching it, which is why I discovered the dub thing because she's like. Why can you see if you can find if there's somewhere to watch the other dub? And I'm like, the other dub? He's like, well, this isn't the one we saw on TV. Yes, like I mentioned before, the mascot in the uh, one that I've started watching is way more high pitched and cutesy than the one I remember. Yeah, same, same. Um, So, 
yeah, look, uh, that's where we're going to leave things for this episode. So thank you so much for listening. And if you have enjoyed what you've heard, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button. Join us for future episodes. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, hit like button too. Subscribe. Argue with us in the comments. Things. I'll fight you. Yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments section. Tell us why Kenny's wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about whatever it is, but I'm not. <laughs> now, if you would like to support the channel, we do have a Patreon. We are a little bit behind on content for that due to me being crook for the past four weeks and the house move and everything else so I will be getting on that this week um, if you do want to support us there is that option there we have extra content such as uh, episode outtakes video extras and show updates and the pre-show we say naughty words in the pre-show yeah and talk trash yeah. um, th- th- this time we were talking about the World Cosplay Summit along yeah. with oh, um, I can't remember oh yeah about we were Stop. talking about what we were going to do this episode yeah. because <laughs> yeah we were like oh we can't do that right so um, if you can support to support us it'd be greatly appreciated a dollar gets you on board and access to almost everything other than the uh, the high end video stuff and that's pretty inconsistent at the moment now that I've but now that we've got the house and the studio we can actually do it so hey Yay. Um, if you would like to join uh, the Quifi community we're on the socials and all the good stuff so Facebook Instagram Twitter Discord Threads though I haven't posted anything on there um, <laughs> TikTok um, it's uh, oh, I know you're supposed to call Twitter X now. I refuse, Me Elon. Too. I refuse. Um, so that's that's that, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah, boo, boo earns to, to Twitter changing its name X. It's so silly. Like, the man's obsessed with X. He named his child X or something. Well, anyway, well, he, whatever. He's, he's owned like X.com since the internet started. Like, and I think he wanted PayPal to be called X something as well. Yeah, he tried to push for that, and then he was ousted from the company. So ridiculous. It's just he wasn't ousted from the company. He actually sold his share in PayPal. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the picture of him basically dressed up as Lestat? No. It's early internet stuff, and I'm pretty sure it's why he bought Twitter, was to like take that picture away. I mean, you can go in and delete it. Stop going to stop it from being hosted on every other website on the internet. Like, yeah, Strive Sound Effect is strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back in two weeks' time. Um, we're going to be recording some extras ahead of time because I'll, I'll be heading... <laughs> which will not be shared on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, um, we will be recording some extra episodes because I'm heading off to Japan. How exciting! For three weeks as well. You lucky! Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, that's still four weeks away, so we've, we've definitely got one episode in between now and then and we'll... Uh, you and I need to do a Euro Camp movie review. Yay. Yep, I need to sit down and watch that. Um, I like the comfy. And then maybe we'll find something else to shove in there for an extra two. It was a fine movie. You know how the series has almost no consequences to it? This one almost has a consequence to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. almost. Right? Oh. Hey, fun fact, there's actually now another series coming too. Yes! Like, I was like, oh, so that's the end of it. That's a bit sad. It still the- boggles my mind that this show has more content than Naruto almost. Um, no. It sells more merchandise than Naruto. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, it doesn't. Yes. No, you, you feel like it does, but it, it doesn't. Like It's truly the, it does. You should have a look at the merchandising figures for Naruto of its lifespan. It's insane. The mass marketing of this is undeniable. No, I just think it's because we're elder millennials and, you know... Like you know how they introduce like a random side character in season two who's there for like a moment. Yeah, you can buy her entire outfit. Is this the cousin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I didn't it's, know that. 
the merchandise. I we need to. I'll show you. Later. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, look in the comments, um, and we might have outfits from Eurocamp. Fight me! <laughs> <laughs> I will dress in the outfit and fight. Anyway, that that's is where we're going to leave things. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you've been listening to Wi-Fi Radio. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, watch, watch some anime. anime. Watch some anime in the comments.